Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mikado, the podcast where we keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening into episode number 246. So today we're very happy to be joined by Joe Hall, CEO of Wool Producers Australia. And again, this week, we're going to focus on the initiatives and the opportunities that are behind the positive long-term outlook for the industry. We're going to hear about the traceability program that's being implemented, what the sheep sustainability framework is about and how it's resonating with customers overseas as well as the really exciting market development, with the big one being the opportunity through the FTA with India and what their emerging middle class and their mature textile industry might mean for Australian wool demand. Not to mention the investigation that's happening into other diverse customers and even domestic processing. Before we do get into the episode, though, as always, let's look at some highlights from the markets this week. And I do want to cover wool today because it was a pretty positive week. We had all fine and medium micron categories improving with the Eastern Market Indicator up 21 cents. There was a large proportion of high VM lots, which meant buyers created competition for the low VM supply, which saw buying activity and sentiment approve across the board. For grain this week, we had the release of the USDA WASDE report, which didn't hold too many surprises other than the cut to wheat production. Despite this, the drought in North America, deteriorating production in Canada and Australia, and the Black Sea conflict ongoing, international wheat prices continue to fall due to selling pressure coming out of Europe and the Black Sea new season supply. Now, let's get on with the episode with Robert Herman and Joe Hall. Well, thank you. Yes, and it's great to welcome Joe Hall onto Commodity Conversations. Joe's the CEO of Wool Producers Australia. Joe, welcome. Thanks, Robert. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. We, we're heavily involved, both of us, in the sheep industry and the wool industry, and it, you can't help but observe that it's been a tumultuous time. You know, we've had, uh, going back to the drought and then the recovery and then markets and, and all sorts of stuff happening, we, we know all that, and, and producers are feeling a little bit battered and bruised. But when I was doing research for our conversation today, Joe. I had a look on your website and I couldn't help but notice there were some really good positive things. And I thought if it's okay with you, we might just talk about some of those initiatives that you guys at Wool Producers have initiated in recent times. Yeah, that would be great, Robert. No doubt um, we're aware that there is, you know, a a few headwinds that we're facing at the moment, but um, there's a lot to be positive about in the wool industry. And, And that may not be apparent right here, right now, but looking forward, I think, you know, wool is such a wonderful uh, fibre that, you know, it's hard not to look long-term and, and think of the positives that might be achieved. And that's right. And and as, as producers, we know that while we do have to deal with the short-term, producers look to the long-term in their decision-making. So let's talk about some of those uh, initiatives you've got. The first one I've got on my list is uh, the wool traceability uh, initiatives and and the work that's going on there. What can you can you fill in a bit of detail on that, Joe? Yeah, sure. So a few years ago, uh, wool producers successfully applied for a, a grant from the Commonwealth government under their traceability grant program, because what we wanted to do was 
try and look at the gaps in the current traceability system in the in the wool industry. Um, while we do have a, a, a traceability system, it is quite outdated and, and a bit cumbersome. So we engaged uh, some consultants to look at the gaps, look at where efficiencies could be gained and what an ideal traceability system for wool would be. So some of the recommendations from that have been, you know, related to traceability, but also looking at the roles and responsibilities of industry service providers, for example, and, and what roles they play in terms of working together to ensure that we can trace wool. So we are now, after a few years, we're seeing those groups, um, namely AWI, AWEX, AWTA, ourselves, brokers and exporters come together to really look at implementing those recommendations, which I think is a positive for, for the industry. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's something that probably a lot of people in the industry don't, aren't aware of, but um, I know from, uh, you know, hearing your explanation and, and others at Woolwick, uh, this has got a lot of... Um, a lot of potential for the industry. There's one other one that I think flies under the radar, and I know Wool Producers Australia, along with uh, sheep producers, are really involved, and that's the sheep sustainability framework. And it doesn't get much um, news recognition, but um, I'm thinking it's uh, it's got a lot to do with how our industry looks in the future. Yeah, exactly. Look, the sheep sustainability framework, Robert, is something that we're really proud of. Um, it's the first time in a long time, if ever, that I can remember, you know, the, the two sheep and wool representative bodies in ourselves and, and Sheep Producers Australia, along with our respective RDCs, MLA and AWI, working together. And I just think it's such a great model of, of what can be achieved when we do work on the same same page, same issue. And as we all know, sustainability is, you know, it's it's a buzzword, but it is, it's it's through every facet of our, you know, supply chain, our trade. So it's the first time also that I can think of that it, it it's something that enables our industries to be on the front foot. And it is not well understood. Um, but basically what the framework um is about, it has the the four key areas, one being, and I'm badly going to paraphrase this looking after your animals, looking after your people, looking after the environment and ensuring that um, producers are financially resilient and, and not just producers, sorry, the supply chain. So, um, you know, I think those things cover off on nearly every facet that, that we undertake and it's just, it, it will enable us to identify through data collection emerging trends so we can address issues before they become you know, a, a crisis. So I think just the collaborative aspect of that, the the issues that we're dealing with um, is going to position us really well going forward. And it is a, a worldwide first. It's the first time there has been an industry-wide sheep sustainability framework. So uh, again, like just mentally proud to be involved. I imagine, Joe, that um, a lot of our customers and, and with wool, most of them are in the Northern Hemisphere, who don't really understand intimately what happens down here would be really pleased to see a document that sort of not only um, identifies what we're doing, but looks at how we can be better in the future. Yeah, I think so. I think it's really resonated with our customers, those that who, who are aware of it. Um, and it's something that we promote at every opportunity. And again, because, because our supply chain in the wool industry is so long, 
our end users are very often not aware about what happens on farm, but as part of the sheep sustainability framework, we undertook a materiality review, which basically surveyed the supply chain both up and down to really identify those issues that were important to ourselves as producers, but also our end users and everybody in between. And we found from that review, we found that animal welfare and animal husbandry were the two highest rating ones. And that was along the supply chain. So we now know that we have that in common with our end users. And I mean, of course we knew that before, but to have that backed by data, it's, it's something that we now can engage with our end users and supply chain um, as well and, and demonstrate what we are doing in this area because it's something that it's not just the wool industry but I think agriculture in general is not good at and that is telling our story and um, we have so much to be proud of in Australia and, and how we do business and, and look after our animals we just forget to tell people so this is an opportunity to engage um, our, our end users. It's a, that's a great um, that's a great summary of the, of that program. I think um, talking about supporting our customers even more, and I'm really intrigued by the uh, the title of this program, but it's called Trust in Australian Wool. Um, how does that work? How does it resonate, and who's it targeted at? Yeah, look, this is a program that we kicked off in 2021. Um, and it came off the back of a conversation with one of our larger European wool processors in 2019. Um, obviously, the wool industry has some issues around perception, particularly when we're talking about mulesing. Um, we know that a lot of our customers don't like the practice because they don't understand it. But, you know, regardless of why we do it or why we don't do it, um, our customers don't like it. So having this conversation and... One of the, the European processors said, but you're so backwards in Australia because you mule, you don't look after your animals. And we're like, well, hang on. This is why we do it. But also we do a whole heap of other things in the animal health, welfare, biosecurity space. Um, are you aware that we have a national traceability system? Are you aware that we have LPA and we do preemptive health interventions and um, it's auditable, auditable under LPA and he had no idea. So that's that was the genesis of this program. I, again, going back to my previous point about, you know, we have so many good things to talk about. We just forget to tell people. So um, it happened to coincide. We I think we launched Trust in Australian Wool in March and then the Sheep Sustainability Framework uh, was launched in April. And that just happened to be coincidence. But how we like to refer to Trust in Australian Wool and the Sheep Sustainability Framework is... Trust in Australian Wool Campaign is about telling our story. The Sheep Sustainability Framework is about proving what we say. So they work really nicely together. Look, that's, uh, and it's great to see that um, the organisation, Wool Producers Australia, that represents the wool producers is actually getting on the front foot and talking to processes. And I imagine they would love that. They would love that connection because um, we, we are quite different. I mean, even things as simple as, we don't put our sheep in barns in the winter here. We and so people look at that and say, you know, what's going on? Have you have you found that there's there's more understanding coming through as a result of this? I think so. I mean, because as you say, uh, most of our customers are are based in the northern hemisphere and they are so far removed from from the farm gate. Um, 
we, we see this happening quite a bit through the International Textile Organization. They have their annual conference and it's the whole global supply chain coming together. And even coming out of IWTO, when we're trying to talk about, you know, a, a uniform approach to animal husbandry and welfare issues, um, the, the distinction or differences between Northern Hemisphere production and Southern Hemisphere production are enormous. So it's not just the processes, it's it's the uh, the trade in general. So we it, it's all about having those conversations. And, you know, if we're looking at trade in general and, and we'll produce positions to free trade agreements, for example, our go-to line is that Australian uh, husbandry systems and, and production practices are unique to and, and very applicable to our geographic and climatic conditions, which is not the same in the Northern Hemisphere. So I think once there, there is that level of understanding, it makes a lot more sense. Like, while it, you know, in, in the Northern Hemisphere way of thinking, having sheep out in the open all the time doesn't make sense. Once you explain it, um, there is that genuine understanding. Absolutely. Sticking on or staying on um, trade and uh, and our international customers and that, um, I know that Wool Producer Australia gets involved in the free trade agreements and um, and we've recently had some uh, initiatives or some changes or some improvements. Um, what are some of the key points of that that you see that will impact on the Australian wool demand going forward? One of the most exciting um, cooperative economic trade agreements, as they're called, uh, that, that's occurred in recent times is, is the Indian one. India last year was our second largest buyer of wool, and we're really starting to see India become more active in the market. What the FTA signing meant was the automatic removal of tariffs of greasy wool going into India. So that that got them excited. I, I travelled to India earlier in this year and and you know it's a pretty exciting market to be involved with. They they're very much like China in that they are now having a, an emerging middle class, um, which can only mean good things for consumerism. What they also have is obviously an established textile trade there. They have a lot of sheep in India. They have about as many sheep as we do in Australia. However, they're not really for apparel, wool, they're more meat focused. So we're not in competition with their domestic trade. Uh, so look, I think the fact that we, we've got this agreement in place, we're starting to have a presence in that market. I think longer term, we'll see really good things come out of that. And of course, we're talking to a, a very big population there as well, which is always good to have have a big marketplace. So today on Commodity Conversations, I'm talking to Joe Hall, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Wool Producers Australia. And um, and it's just given, you know, I, I consider myself some sort of wool tragic, you know, my life has been revolving around wool. But talking about some of these initiatives today, uh, notwithstanding the challenges we have right now in the sheep industry, but talking about these initiatives gives me a lot of confidence going forward. One of the, uh, the what's evolved over the last 30 odd years is our reliance on one customer, you know, and, um, and China is our dominant customer. Um, thank goodness we have that strong customer, especially through COVID. But you recently, um, can you just tell us a little bit about the domestic and diversified wool processing project that you undertook with, I think it was with on with funding from ATMAC, is that right? 
Yes, that's correct. So we're looking at uh, domestic and diversified early stage wool processing. We were lucky enough to be granted uh, some money from the, again, from the Commonwealth um, to investigate domestic and diversified processing. China currently accounts for 80% of our clip in terms of buying and we have an amazing trade relationship with China and, as I said, very lucky to have them. Uh, however, there's been a number of factors that have, you know, we've had a lot of people say, well, why aren't we processing more wool in Australia? And this stretches over a number of years. People were, I guess, growing increasingly uncomfortable at the size of that single market and the exposure that we had. Um, so we did approach government to to get this funding to say, well, we need to know, is it economically feasible to do domestic processing again? Because we used to have a, a fairly good processing sector in Australia, which sort of sh shut down at the end of the 90s and everything was offshored to China. So we wanted to take the emotion out of it. We did, we all love the idea of manufacturing at home. Um but so we, we engaged Deloitte Access Economics to look at it. And, and what they basically found in phase one was that, yes, it is economically feasible because broadly speaking, the, the higher wages paid domestically is offset by freight efficiencies. So, um, so we kicked that box. As part of that first phase, we also looked at the diversified um, markets as well. And, and we found that India, unsurprisingly featured, Vietnam, which I think is another really exciting country for wool. Indonesia and Bangladesh were the four countries worth further exploration. So we were then lucky enough to secure the phase two funding under the ATMAC program. And we're currently in that uh, process at the moment of investigating those countries, but also getting a more, um, I guess, refined business case for domestic processing and we're looking at locations or, uh, or sorry, the projects looking at locations and, and what barriers might exist, for example, under you know, local government um, laws and, and things like that. So that that project will be done or handed back to us by Deloitte uh, at the end of November and we'll look to release that early next year. So, um it's been great uh, chatting to you, Joe, and uh, and I encourage anybody who wants to know more about wool producers in Australia, especially if you are attached to the wool industry in Australia, to go to your website, and and that's where I've done my background reading, and and well done. Um, can I finish off just by asking you? Um, always have sort of a left field question, Joe, so, but don't get nervous. <laughs> it's it's um, it's fantastic listening to you explain this strategy and these projects, where, where does your passion for the wool industry come from? Can you pinpoint it or is it just uh, is it just something that you got drawn into? I was raised on a predominantly wool property in southern New South Wales and uh, my dad is fifth generation on that that place and um, I, I won't be sixth generation, my brother probably, my brother will be, but it's, um, it, I grew up, I, I never knew what I wanted to do through school and I started a uni degree in communications when I first left school and got a bit bored there and long story short, I was a bit nomadic and at 23 it just hit me and I said, I want to be in the wool industry. I don't know what that means or how that will look. And my mum said to me, 
I could have told you that when you were 14. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's like, um, I guess anyone that's uh, passionate about their, their job, it's, it's a lot of the time it's something that's in your blood. Well, look, uh, I think, um, as a, as a, um, person involved in the wool industry and even having a handful of sheep myself, Joe, I'm really pleased that uh, you are involved in the wool industry. And uh, I love what wool producers do. And, and there's a lot of challenges to these organisations, as we know. But uh, well done. Congratulations. And thank you very much for talking to us today on Commodity Conversations. Thanks so much for having me, Robert. Really appreciate it.